For those of you I don't know, uh, my name is Kondo, and uh, I get to serve as a pastor here at Mission Point, and what an incredible uh, privilege to do that. This morning, I have the role of continuing a conversation we started last week called From the Heart. And uh, this four-week conversation is really just an opportunity to talk about some of the things that have been sitting uh, heavy on my heart as a pastor, that have been sitting on our hearts as a staff, that have been sitting on our hearts as an elder team. And uh, this is just going to be an opportunity to talk. I wish I could tell you that everything is going to tie together neatly. I wish I could tell you that everything we talk about is going to be enjoyable to interact with um, or hear. I can't make uh, those promises. Um, I wish I could tell you that four weeks ago we knew what we were going to be talking about, but this is really an organic, what's sitting on our hearts in this season right now uh, that we want to just talk about together. Uh, last week, we started a conversation about our relationship to the church. If you missed that, I'd encourage you uh, to get onto our, our YouTube channel or our website and catch up with that. But this morning, uh, we want to have a conversation about mission. Mission. Um, this past week, uh, I got to go to the new Starbucks store in town. And I honestly, I remember walking in there and just feeling like bar mitzvah, like Warsaw just grew up uh, all of a sudden. Uh, but I'm not going to lie. I couldn't help but notice a little construction happening just a couple um, of lots down. And myself, along with 99% of the Kosciuszko County population, was praying to God that he would demonstrate his great love for us by making it a Chick-fil-A. Uh, <laughs> learning every day to live with disappointment and to count my trials as joy, uh, turns out it's a tire store. By the way, if it's your tire store, so good, so good. We're so grateful uh, um, for it, which got me thinking about Chick-fil-A. And I, I started to wonder, and I started to wonder this, by the way, some weeks ago, like how just been victim to a cultural phenomenon, and I've been sucked in mindlessly, um, and I've jumped on a bandwagon, or is Chick-fil-A really a slice of heaven on earth? Now, I had, turns out, the perfect opportunity to carry out a secret experiment to find out once and for all whether this was God's institution. So as many of you know, we uh, just uh, adopted two girls from Haiti. And uh, I thought, oh, perfect. <laughs> we have these two delights that are from a land that knows something about making incredible chicken. So I thought, here's what I'm going to do. First opportunity to take them to Chick-fil-A. I'm not going to hype it up. I'm not going to say anything about it. We're just going to hand them some chicken, and I'm going to secretly just watch, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. will it be approved, or will it be dissed? Um, I am sad to report <laughs> that... Um, our budget is going to continue to take a hit because they loved it. <laughs> they loved Chick-fil-A, which proved once and for all it's an objective fact that Chick-fil-A is absolutely universally delicious. And if you don't like it, there's clearly uh, something wrong with you. 
which means that Chick-fil-A is obviously killing it in their mission statement, in their main thing, which is obviously to make the world's most addictive chicken. Mission accomplished. Uh, except, do you know the oddest thing I found out not too long ago? That um, delicious chicken is actually not their main thing. They don't even talk about chicken in their mission statement. Did you know that? I didn't. Maybe you did. Their mission statement is to glorify God by being good stewards of what they have and, and by having a positive influence on everyone they meet. What? That their main thing is to make your day and your life a little bit better. But be honest, when you hear that, doesn't it all start to make sense? You're like, that explains it. I walk in that place and I always feel like I am awesome. And everything I say is right. And I'm the most important person on the planet. And every dream and desire of mine is their pleasure. That explains why I love going to Chick-fil-A. But isn't that odd that their main thing isn't about the addictive chicken or that delicious crack sauce that I drink with a straw? That their main thing isn't even that play area that your kids love to gallivant in? No, their main thing is to actually make your day and your life a little bit better, to have a positive influence on all of you. And the chicken and the sauce and the play area is just the way that they get us to come to their store so that they can do their main thing, which is to have a positive influence on us. Which got me thinking, what about us? What about the church? What's our main thing? Because forget Chick-fil-A, <laughs> we have franchises everywhere. In a county of 70,000 people, we have over 140 church locations. What's our main thing? Because if we were to take a poll, I bet you some of you would talk about that addictive, ooh, that addictive chicken, which to you might be an incredible worship experience. And others of you might talk about all oh, the playland, the play area, which is, you know, the kids' ministry in a church. Some of you might talk about generosity and the generosity of the people in the church. But when it's all said and done, and when everything goes back in the box, what will be said about us? What was the main thing for the church? Um, I'm really thankful uh, that Jesus Christ in his graciousness completely eliminated the need for a bunch of creative types and visionary, you know, people to sit in a room and have to conjure up and come up with the main thing for the church. I'm so glad that Jesus just told us. We don't have to guess. 
If you have a copy of the scriptures, uh, we're going to meet in Matthew chapter 28 in uh, an incredibly famous passage of scripture and see what it is Jesus spoke over and into his church as the main thing. Uh, We're going to have the verses up here on the screen this morning. If you don't own a physical copy of the Bible, please, please, please head to the connection corner right outside those back doors at the end of the service and ask for one. And I hope that one of our connectors will tell you my pleasure. would love to get one into your hands. Matthew chapter 28. Um, This is, by the way, one of the most famous scenes in all of Scripture, right? Jesus Christ, um, heaven's champion, has just come back from winning the most epic of wars. He's disarmed Satan. He's defeated death. And now he's emerged from the grave victorious, having dealt with sin. And he gathers his friends, he gathers his followers on a mountaintop and says to them, hey, listen, I'm about to teleport and go back to heaven. But before I do, I want to leave you all with a task. I want to leave you all with a charge, something I want you to do while I'm gone. And in that moment, he gives them what the main thing is. Look um, at verse 19. Here's what it says. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And because there's a potential of misconstruing and misinterpreting what Jesus might have meant uh, by what he said on that mountaintop, I'm so thankful for Mark's mirror account of this same scene in his gospel, in Mark chapter um, 16. Um, Because it tells us, asterisked though that end of Mark's gospel might be, it tells us how the earliest church understood the words of Jesus. And this is the way Mark says it, chapter 16, verse 15. He, Jesus, said to them, his followers, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Preach the gospel to all creation. So the idea in Matthew chapter 28 of making disciples is tied to this idea of showing and sharing the gospel with everyone. And the gospel, by the way, is this beautiful message that in his love, Jesus has done everything to pay for sin. And Jesus has done everything to pave the way for freedom and forgiveness and friendship and fullness of life in him. And Jesus says, before he goes to heaven, I want you to go into all the world and invite the lost and the hurting and the broken to find life in me and to live life for me. Jesus makes very clear what the main thing for his church, his followers 
is glorify God by showing and sharing his love in the gospel with everyone, everywhere. There are about 140, 143 um, local expressions of the global church in our county. And uh, I believe that among those 140 some odd churches, there is an incredible amount of freedom. In fact, I would go further and say there's an incredible amount of beauty in the variety and in the diversity of expressions and experiences uh, among those different churches. There are different musical styles in the different churches. There are different um, ministry programs in those churches, and that's great. Uh, there are different leadership and organizational structures among those churches. There are different theological emphases, which I think we could learn a lot from each other if we would just pause long enough and listen to each other. But among the churches, there's a bunch of different varieties and expressions and experiences. What I don't believe there is any room for among the variety of churches is for anybody to decide to emphasize something more greatly than what Jesus has called the main thing. Because we are all just franchisees of heaven, and the king of heaven, with all authority, has said, this is the main thing. This is what I want to be the main thing among all of my churches globally, among all of my churches as they express themselves locally. Figure out how to show and share the gospel love of Jesus with your world. You may not decide on some other thing becoming the main thing. Therefore, Mission Point Community Church exists to invite Everyone, everywhere, to life in Christ. And I need you to know, at least I really strongly want you to know, that that isn't some cute and creative saying that a bunch of us got together and came up with because we thought we have an idea that we think will really sell for a church. That was just our attempt to rephrase what Jesus has prescribed as the main thing for his church. Show and share the gospel with the world. That's, by the way, why our church is named what it is. Because we believe the mission is the point and the point is the mission. That's the main thing. And we realize that if we do everything else well, but we don't do the main thing, then we've been an excellent failure. And I realize as a church person that, um, that if we're not careful, we are all often going to become tempted to fall in love with something on, you know, the menu. We may be tempted to fall in love with a chicken or, or the sauce or, or, or the play area and forget that those actually aren't the main things. And last week we talked about if you're part of a church family, then Jesus invites us to serve. But did you know that serving in a church is not the main thing? 
<laughs> and the more we grow as a church, I hope the more we understand serving is awesome because it's a means to the main thing. But it's not the main thing. Did you know that um, connecting with each other is something we believe we should all be committed to, but connecting is not the main thing? And I'll tell you a simple way that we know that. Uh, we know that because if, if um, serving was the main thing, I suspect that Jesus would have just killed us after he saved, saved us and took us to heaven where the angels would probably serve us. If connecting was the main thing, don't you suspect that Jesus would just eliminate us from this world and take us to a place where there's no veil? I'm not trying to impress you. I'm not trying to pretend to be something I'm not. There's vulnerability and there's authenticity because sin is removed. Shame is gone. And all of a sudden, we can relate in the absence of our brokenness. Connection happens most beautifully in heaven if, if connection was the main thing. If generosity was the main thing, um, I think Jesus would take us to a place where no need exists. If worship was the main thing, come on, do I have to keep going? You know this. There is a place where worship is perfect. There is a place where some of you will sing on, on key for the first time. There is a place where we'll be able to keep time when we clap. There's a place where knees will bend and arms will raise in the presence of our risen king. Worship will be flawless in heaven. If that was the main thing, Jesus would have taken us to heaven so we can do the main thing without the obstacle of self-consciousness. But the main thing is to show and share the love of Jesus Christ. It is a thing, dare I say, the only thing that is done better on earth than it is in heaven. And that is inviting people to heaven. You know no one's doing that in heaven, right? The reason we woke up this morning was not ultimately so we can worship. There's a better place for that. Not ultimately so we can serve each other. There's a better place for that. But there's one thing you cannot do once you leave this earth, and that's show off and share the gospel love of Jesus with the lost and the hurting and the broken. We don't get to decide what the main thing is, which I'm glad, by the way, because I would probably pick something else off the menu that tastes a little more delicious to me. But Jesus has made very clear what the main thing is. I love that the early church got a hold of this. Paul says so beautifully in Acts chapter 20. However, verse 23, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim, my primary aim, is what he's saying, is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. That's the gospel. That's the main thing. All right. Why are we having this conversation? Well, a number of reasons. Um, one, I have the microphone. Um, that's one reason. Um, <clears throat> but I have felt burdened in processing 
uh, the main thing. And um, I feel stirred um, to make three observations about the main thing that I believe the Lord doesn't want us to lose sight of as a church. Three observations. Um, the first observation is about everyone. I want to say something about everyone within the range of my voice who is a follower of Jesus Christ. Something I believe the early church understood about the main thing that I fear we may be losing sight of. And it's simply this. The main thing is our thing. If we don't embrace that truth, I think we run the risk of missing the whole thing. The main thing is our thing. I grew up in the church, and uh, when I was growing up in Zambia, <clears throat> we had some friends um, from Pennsylvania, long before I had any clue where PA was on a map, um, who were missionaries in Zambia, uh, a couple with two kids. And at some point in their 20s, this couple um, sensed the calling of God to become missionaries. More than that, they sensed the calling of God to become missionaries in third world Zambia. And so they got some, some training, uh, they raised some funds, and uh, they got sent overseas by their church in Pennsylvania and landed in Zambia, which is how we had the privilege of knowing them. Now, <clears throat> when they came uh, to Zambia, everybody knew who they were, uh, at least in our area. Um, when they would walk into a church service or when you'd see them around town, people would kind of speak about them in hushed tones. Like, whoa, there they go, the missionaries. Now, like many of you, I didn't realize how much that was shaping my perception growing up in the church. And here's a perception that was shaped in me. I grew to cling to a perception that said, ha, Missionary. Uh, missionary is an elite category of Christian who was uniquely called by God at some point, and then this person was sent overseas um, to go and do the unique work of God. After, of course, they raised support and they got commissioned by their church and then they got launched out and went overseas. This unique elite category of person, risk taker, this special person. And, and willing to go to places where flies buzz and, and kids' tummies protrude. A person who is willing to try all kinds of gross manner of food. And somehow God has given them a unique like Ebola and diarrhea resistance. And so they're able to just serve with freedom. The missionaries. There they go. The missionaries. That shaped my perception, just like it shaped the perceptions of many of you who've grown up in 
the church. The missionary was a uniquely called and a uniquely qualified person who went overseas somewhere. What I didn't realize was what that was doing to me. Something that I'm seeing re-emerging in the church context in our time. What that was doing to me was telling me, oh, the missionaries, ha, mission, missionaries, which means that the mission is their thing. The main thing is a missionary thing. The main thing is their thing. When Jesus stood up on that mountain and he was telling them, go and carry the gospel, show and share the love of Jesus, he was talking to this unique breed of people called missionaries. It's, 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 their, it's their thing. Here's the problem with that. And here's the danger uh, in, in me and the danger I'm starting to see reemerge in our church. If the main thing is a missionary thing, it means the main thing is no longer my thing. It's their thing. It's for the special and uniquely called professionals. Let them show and share the love of Jesus Christ in the world around them. The problem with that is that is not what Jesus meant when he stood on that mountain talking to his followers. And one of the ways we know that, by the way, is because Jesus says to the end of the age. This main thing should be lived out to the end of the age. Surely that group in front of him was not going to live long enough to, to do this to the end of the age. It meant it was for everyone who would come after you claiming to be my follower. It's not just for an elite group of people. It is for all his followers. And I'm, I guess my concern in me and in us as a church is that we get to this place, like the place I grew up, where it's the missionary's job to show and share the love of Jesus with the world. And our job is to pray and support them and be awed by their slideshows. But on that mountain, Jesus announced, no, the main thing is our thing. I love the, 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 the triply mirrored account in Acts chapter 1. This is by Luke of that same experience on that mountaintop. Listen to what he says. This is so great. He says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, this is so cool. He says, but you will receive power. This is Jesus talking. You will receive power. Mark left that out apparently. Matthew didn't think to include this, but Luke, the detailed guy, included this. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's so great. Oh man. Um, <laughs> Jesus, how will we know? When it's time to start the mission? How will we know when it's time to start main singing it? How will we know when it's time to start showing and sharing your love with the lost and the broken and the hurting in the world around us? How will we know? And Jesus says, I'll tell you how you know. You know when the Spirit comes on you. <laughs> um, quick announcement. If the Holy Spirit has come on you, 
the mission has begun for you. If you have the Holy Spirit, you are a missionary. The Holy Spirit was your calling, your qualification, your invitation, because missionary is not that elite person out there. Missionary is every person who has the Holy Spirit. You get the Spirit, you get the mission. The main thing is now your thing. The mission is the main thing, and the missionary is you. I'm going to say something that will mess with some of you, but that's, that's okay. That's it's from the heart. Um, I love that. That's like, hey, I don't mean to be offensive, but that's the from the heart series. It's like, I can say whatever because it's from the heart, guys. Um, really brilliant. Um, there is no one who was ever called to become a missionary, except everyone who is ever called to follow Jesus. You are not a missionary because you are called to it. You are a missionary because you are called to Jesus. And the moment you come to him, he launches you out into the world and says, Now go and carry my love and show who I am. The main thing is our thing. Everyone. You have the spirit. You are a follower of Jesus. You are a missionary. Now he may call you to move but not to become a missionary. He may call you to go leave your career and go full-time doing something very main thing-oriented. So your vocation may shift, but not becoming a missionary. Again, one of the great dangers to the church is the perception that the mission is for that uniquely called and qualified elite person who goes overseas. Because now it's their job to do it, and it's our job to just pray for them. And by the way, a friend was telling me recently about the census in our county, 2000 and 2010, and the difference. In 2000, there were fewer churches, local churches, than they, are in, than they were in 2010. You know what else was interesting? Uh, the number of churches rose, but the number of church adherents, people engaged in the church, dropped. And I couldn't help but wonder if it's not that idea that, hey, hey, more churches, which means they're more professionals. Let the professionals do it. Let the uniquely called people do it. But the people in the church started abdicating their responsibility as missionaries. Just send them to a church, and the church would take care of it. But imagine what starts to happen if we start to re-embrace the fact that if you have the spirit, you're a missionary. I'm just saying I suspect revival. That's why from the launch of the church, our desire was to convince and unleash a movement of people who understood I am a missionary. Let me say something about everything. Um... Because when Mission Point launched, we launched to empower and encourage a movement of missionaries. That colors everything we do. And I want you to know that. I want you to hear me say that. 
the main thing of missionaries showing and sharing the love of Jesus colors everything that we do. Because you may look up on our menu and you may say, ah, kids ministry. I love that. That is the tastiest thing for our family. That's what we love. Everything else, eh. But the kids ministry, that's what we really, really enjoy. Well, we're glad you enjoy the chicken. But please know, we do children's ministry because of the main thing. Our children's ministry exists to raise up a movement of littles who love Jesus and are showing and sharing his love in their world. That's why our kids' ministry exists. Now, I'm sorry if that's a disappointment uh, to you, uh, if you felt like misled to some degree. But I'm so glad that my daughter comes home every week and she's the snack this week was the best yet, Dad. It was delicious. I'm so glad she enjoys the snack. But what I know is while you're chomping on that snack, whatever that thing is, that there are people surrounding you and they're showing you who Jesus is so that you can love him and you can go out and show and share his love. The main thing colors everything that we do. By the way, this is why, and this is why it it blows my mind, especially when it comes to conversation about budget. Some of the things I'll hear people say, they, they, they will blow my mind a little bit, to be honest. Because I'll hear people say things like, um, um, uh, administration. Um, I'll hear people say things like, personnel versus mission. I lose my mind. I stop my feet. I throw a little mini tantrum because I'm wondering like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where did the verses come from? Where did the ring come from? And why are these two things now versing each other? What do you mean personnel versus mission? That has always blown my mind. That's like um, somebody coming into Chick-fil-A and saying, you know what, I just believe that we ought to pour more into our cashiers. And somebody else shows up and says, uh-uh, no, we ought to pour more into the people who are doing the real work, which is the cooks in the kitchen. They're the ones making the addictive chicken that everybody enjoys. So now it becomes the cashiers versus the cooks. And then somebody who's really deep and profound will show up and say, come on, y'all. New book just came out. We really need to be investing in the real workers who are on the farms killing the chickens that the cooks are cooking, that the cashiers are now handing to people and saying, my pleasure. And Truett Cathy's in his grave saying, it's all about the main thing. It's all about somehow improving somebody's experience. It's all about positively influencing the people that we get to interact with from the farm to the kitchen to the person standing at the cash register. I need you to know that. Our student ministry is about the main thing. It is about a movement that we are longing to see raised up 
teenagers who love Jesus and they show and share his love on their unique sphere, mission field, called the schools. And if we have the most awesome, amazing races and scavenger hunts, but our students aren't loving Jesus and showing and sharing his love, then hey, listen, we have become a very fun failure. But the main thing influences that. The main thing, the mission influences our tech team. Did you know that our tech team has a unique power to send the truth of who Jesus is to people all over the world through technological means? It's, it's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing when I hear from our friends who say, we're in the Middle East, and we're in places that I can't even tell you, but we tune in to what's happening in that, ch- that church in, in, in Warsaw, and we sit around and we listen to it because of what the tech team is doing. So you can imagine when I hear people say tech team versus mission, personnel versus mission. That's again, that's like me saying, whoa, I don't, I, okay, I, what a waste to look up and see this billboard with these cows that are graffitiing the words, eat more chicken. What a waste. Do you know what would make me say what a waste to the billboard? Do you know why I would say that? I would mainly say that because I already know where the restaurant is. Because I'm already in the restaurant. My kids are already in the play area. I'm already enjoying the chicken. I'm already hearing the words, my pleasure. And I think that starts to happen when we forget, no, the main thing influences everything. The reason I would ever think to say the tech team, well, that's a waste, is because I'm, not, I'm already in the room. My kids are already on, you know, in the kids' wing. We're already benefiting from the grace. I'm already sinking deep in the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm enjoying his freedom. I'm enjoying his forgiveness. But the reality is the billboards are not for the people who know where Chick-fil-A is. And the tech team is not for you. It's for the thousands of people outside these walls who do not yet know about grace, who do not yet know, or who are hiding in corners and are trying to figure it out. The main thing influences everything we do, and I hope that that's a question that we are continually asking over and over again. How is this thing influencing the main thing. And what we ultimately want people to say is we want you to serve and we would love for you to give and we would love for you to connect because all of those things help us to more effectively do the main thing. But showing and sharing the love of Jesus colors everything we do and we trust that that will continue to be true as long as this is a Church. The main thing is not a versus thing, it's an everything thing. And I know we need to do better at telling the stories of how your ministry fuels the main thing. Okay, let me say one more thing about everywhere. About everywhere. Because Jesus said, show and share my love everywhere. Um, And I love, by the way, how Jesus talks about uh, the mission in Matthew chapter 5. This is so awesome. This is so, so great. Um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Listen to what Jesus says to his followers. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I don't know if you saw it. This is such a revolutionary idea as Jesus goes back to this whole everyone thing. And he says, you are... If you're a follower, you are the light of the world. If you have the Holy Spirit, you are the light of the world. This is so awesome. And the team, you guys can come on out for, um, and we'll, we'll sing one more song. But this is so amazing. You are the light of the world. I, I, I love this. This is Jesus' way of saying, hey, listen. You are the way that I am going to show and share my love in the world. You are the way that I'm going to show and share my love in the world. I love that. You are the light of the world. You know what that means? <laughs> it means that wherever you go, light goes to. Everywhere you go, light goes to. Remember that old school concept of a mission field being overseas? <laughs> it's not true. A mission field is wherever any of his missionaries who have the Holy Spirit go. When I get there, it becomes a mission field. It may have been Starbucks two minutes ago, but I'm here now. The light is in this place. The opportunity for the love of Jesus to be shown and to be spoken is now a reality because I showed up. This is no longer just a coffee shop. Oh, this is not just a home because mama's awake now. And I have the Holy Spirit and I am his light. This just became a lighthouse because mommy's awake. And I get to show and share the love of Jesus Christ in this space. Oh, this was a school, yeah, maybe three minutes ago, but the bus pulled up and out of the bus jumped some MP students who are his light. And now they've stepped into that place and the school became a mission field. And the orthopedic community became a mission field. And the places you frequent to go and play, your gym became a mission field. Your favorite restaurant just became a mission field. I love what Jesus says. Because if everyone is a missionary and everywhere we go becomes a mission field, imagine what starts to happen if we unveil light. Because the only way people don't know and experience something of the love of Jesus is because as people have started covering light, because they've said it's not my job to be light, it's the professionals. Or because I don't, well, I'm, I'm nervous about what people might think about me, so I'm going to veil the light. It doesn't stop you from being light. It just means you've turned the dimmer down. You are still light everywhere you go. And I trust the Lord is stirring something among his people. He wants to revive this county. But this county is not going to be revived by professionals. It's going to be revived by everyone understanding I am the missionary. I am his light. I am the means by which he wants to show and sh show off his love in the world. And everywhere I go, I have an opportunity. On the soccer field this afternoon when we watch soccer, we have the opportunity to be light. 
The only question is, am I going to embrace that and live that out? And by the way, I would say to you, start where you live. Start at home. Parents, if our kids are not experiencing his love from us because it's so much easier to be patient on a love up than it is for me to be patient with my kids in my home, if my kids are not hearing me talk about Jesus in my home, but I hope that, oh, but one day when I go overseas, no! It starts in the home, and then it goes to where we work, and it goes to where we learn, and then it goes to where we play. And if we could take a moment and say, put your hand up if you're in the orthopedic world. Put your hand up if you're in the medical field. Put your hand up if you're a stay-at-home mom. Put your hand up if you go to school. Put, you will start to see that he has everywhere covered by light. If we would just unveil and embrace the fact that it's my job to be light and to show and share his love in this space. Starting where I live. Something beautiful is bound to happen. So we as a church, you're going to hear us continue to give us opportunities to do this together as a church, but you're going to hear us give you more opportunities and encourage you to do this in your world and in your sphere, because we believe you are the missionary. This may sound ridiculous, but our love ops are like training wheels. It's things we do together so you can say, I can do this with my family. I can do this by myself. And if Mission Point burns down, I can still do this. I can still live the main thing, even if that building crumbles. Because we want to empower and encourage a movement of people who are living the main thing out in the world so that Jesus would do his work of revival. Man, the team is going to lead us here in uh, a song. And uh, again, I would encourage you, even as you sing, as the Lord stirs, um, if you want to pray with somebody, we'll have some folks up here. Whether it's to say, listen, I, I want to be more courageous in my workplace, or in my home, to be light and love on display. We would encourage you to come and pray. Oh, I'm praying for somebody's salvation. Come and pray. Whatever else it is you might want to pray for, we'd invite you to come on up and do that. But the team will lead us. Why don't we stand, sing, and then we'll be dismissed.